Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's gratitude blooming theme? Well, it's a special one. It's gratitude. What? We're just straight up talking about gratitude? Yeah, it's so funny. We're in season two of this podcast called Gratitude Blooming, and we haven't had one episode that's just about gratitude. Seems like the most obvious topic to cover this week. I feel like this is the burden that gratitude has to bear, which is sometimes people take it for granted. Yeah, and we thought it'd be super timely in the U.S. for this to be released during a time when a lot of people are gathering with loved ones and thinking about gratitude. You're talking about Thanksgiving, which, you know, has uh, lots of different sides to this holiday. And before we dig into gratitude and Thanksgiving, I just want to acknowledge that for those of us that have come from the United States or have been living here for a while, it is a really potentially challenging uh, holiday to talk about because of the history of colonialism in the United States and this time of year, especially for a lot of indigenous peoples, it is a time of mourning and grief and remembrance of some of the violence that happened in this country and so we just want to acknowledge that this is can be a painful time as well as an opportunity to rejoice and connect with loved ones. And one of my friends, she actually sent me this article by an organization called Bioneers, a really great nonprofit. And their focus is actually on helping us really understand Thanksgiving from a decolonization perspective. And one of the articles on the website is from Edgar, who is from the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. And he says, we cannot change the past, but by changing how we tell the story of the past, we can avoid repeating a history that erases the trauma indigenous people have experienced. While traditional decolonization hinges on returning stolen land and autonomy to indigenous people, Today, our lives as indigenous peoples and settlers are so intertwined that decolonization is more complex. So it starts with this process of recognizing the complexity and really learning and listening deeply to each other and just going on the journey together of healing some of those really deep wounds. Says so you're talking about this. I'm thinking about my own journey into gratitude and what sort of frames I held, you know, when I first began this process and now where I am today. And just, I think part of it was just this separation of mind from body and heart. And why do we do that? Or why did I do that? And as I think about gratitude now, having been able to kind of identify some of those biases, it's like, okay, this is how I can show up in the world with with less of that historical trauma. And Omar, as someone that's devoted your life to gratitude as a practice, I know it came from a time of your life where you were really struggling personally. And so can you unpack a little bit of that struggle and what gratitude means to you now after working on this for several years, bringing it out into the world, I feel like it's evolved in so many ways. 
Well, that's a, there's an irony because it was about years ago that I really went down this rabbit hole. And on paper, I actually was having a tremendous amount of success professionally. And so it was professionally, things were going incredibly well in terms of the kind of impact that I was trying to have working on the Los Angeles River and, you know, working with the architect Frank Gehry. But I was also just incredibly stressed out. And so it was my personal life that really was like I was a new parent and just the challenges of two young kids, a partner who has her own incredible career. And it was really like, oh, there's a limit to this path. Like I'm burning out. And I think part of it is recognizing that at the time, I would say the language that I would have used was willpower, right? Willpower was about like, how do I just going to grit and grind and move things and learning that psychologists call willpower uh, ego deplenishment, right? Like it's something that you can use, but it's a finite resource and actually diminishes rapidly the more you sort of pull on it. So it's great for short-term goals, terrible for life. And what I've learned over time is that gratitude and these social emotions, they're like these regenerative things that the more you use it, the more actually healthy and resilient you feel. And so just sort of becoming more aware of like, where am I drawing my energy from? And why am I drawing my energy from one place or another? You know, and I think so much of us, particularly here in the West is like, the focus is on career, and you have these benchmarks of success and what success looks like. And then realizing once sometimes you've accomplished those things, like, oh, I am now just left with myself. And if I'm burned out, it really isn't about those external kind of metrics anymore. So it sounds like you found gratitude as a journey inward, as a doorway to understanding yourself and navigating some of the real tensions of like modern day strive for success. And so can you talk us through what actually you mean by gratitude? Because I think for many listeners, you know, it's like, well, just thank you. And I appreciate you and I appreciate this, or I'm, you know, thankful for that. And I feel like you you've started to articulate how what you mean by gratitude is different than just that. Yeah. And I think it's evolved. Like my entry into gratitude really was through meditation and mindfulness. And so those were really practices of noticing, right? Meditation, noticing each breath, mindfulness, noticing change. And for me, gratitude was noticing good. But I think it started me like down the path of not just noticing with my mind, but actually noticing with my heart right, to actually become more aware of the emotion of gratitude and to actually just feel it, to just pause and be like, oh, I feel this. And, you know, to be honest, like, I I was probably fake it till you make it, you know, in the early days. And this is why, you know, I think a lot of people start with gratitude of like, write three things down that you're grateful for. That sort of intentional pause to break and then speak, okay. And I think what I've learned over time is just, I can just notice gratitude when I'm actually just feeling gratitude. And this is what I call now emotional muscle memory, right? Like, so when I'm actually feeling grateful, I'm pausing to notice that I'm grateful. I'm not sort of waking up, you know, at seven in the morning and being like, okay, I'm going to remember that I was grateful for these three things yesterday. I'm just going to actually take the time to recognize what I'm feeling 
in the moment. And so for now, like I feel like gratitude has become much more of a somatic practice of really me kind of being connected to my emotions and my feelings and where I'm feeling those things in my body. And so it still is about making visible what we value, right? Gratitude makes visible what we value. But I think is what I call fearless gratitude is learning to become aware of, well, what am I taking for granted and making invisible, right? And then when I can see gratitude is both what I'm making visible and what I'm making invisible, then I feel like I'm allowing myself to sort of feel the full expression. You know, when I went to see that monk after the six-day retreat eight years ago, and I asked him, like, well, how do you care and be non-attached at the same time? And I think what I've learned at the time, I was like, oh, non-attachment meant somehow I'm transcending my feelings and emotions. And now it's really about, no, I can feel all my emotions. I just don't have to become all my emotions. Right. And so then I'm now in a place where I can trigger my positive emotions without necessarily getting triggered by my negative ones. And I can just sort of see them all more clearly. I love how you're naming that it can be easy to emotionally or spiritually bypass sometimes, right? Like thinking about good things to mask the pain that we're deeply feeling. And I love that you're embracing the full spectrum of all the different emotions and redefining that as fearless gratitude. And I love that we came together a couple years ago at that really pivotal pivotal time where both of us were talking about gratitude as this universal gateway to understanding ourselves and each other, you know, in deeper ways. And I'm curious for you, having now done hundreds of gratitude circles with the Gratitude Blooming card deck, and having essentially 39 flavors of talking about gratitude and the emotion, what have you discovered in that process of using the cards, nature, art, as like the vocabulary for building this muscle memory? Yeah, I mean, one, you know, thank you and Arlene for creating the gratitude blooming cards because, you know, having done healing circles with common wheel or circles of trust with like Parker Palmer and, and that work. I feel like what the cards do is they give you a very simple object and but they give you multiple things, right? Like you can focus on the art, you can focus on the flower, you can focus on the theme, or you can focus on the prompt. And, you know, and as I've used the cards with more and more groups, there's just so many different ways to use them. And so I think when people are just starting, there's a tendency to focus on just the prompt, right? We're sort of used to that kind of like ask a question, get an answer, right? It's sort of like the student teacher experience. But what I really have begun to appreciate is when people take the time to explore the art and interpret the art in their own way and use their imagination. Because I think part of what that ends up building is your own storytelling abilities, right? And if you think about every day, we tell ourselves a story, right? <laughs> today was a good day. Today was a bad day. Oh, this moment was terrible. Oh, this moment was beautiful. These are all just stories that we tell ourselves. And so part of the practice of looking at art is really the practice of becoming aware of what story are you telling yourself and really then giving yourself permission to explore them. And so like, for example, we recently held a circle with the sunflower and it has the two beautiful 
sunflowers kind of going back to back on their side as they face each other. And I remember someone saying like, oh, that looks like an infinity sign because it has this sort of figure eight look to it on its side. And I was like, oh, wow, I would have never seen that had it not been for that person sort of being open to just interpreting what they see. And so I think that storytelling element and giving ourselves permission to sort of just, what do I really see? You know, and not always having to be so literal about it. That's how we kind of change our narratives, not just sort of as individuals, but, you know, in our relationships as well. I'm excited for our listeners to have an opportunity to experience this practice with us today. And, you know, for those of you that are planning a gathering of loved ones coming up, or even end of year celebration at work, we hope that this uh, practice can be applicable for you in any of those forms. And really, the intent is to open up your hearts to really feel and experience uh, your gratitude in a lot of different ways through the artwork and through nature. So before we start, Omar, I'd love for you to share our guiding principles around the space. So it could be, you know, at the dinner table with your family, very casual, or it can be more, you know, in a kind of professional context of a gathering at work, any of these apply. So Omar is going to just talk through, you know, how do we kind of create the space for these conversations? There's three intentions that we hold with every circle. And, and, and look, you don't have to call it a circle, right? It's just time to pause intentionally with friends or family or colleagues. And to remember that each person's inner guide is their best teacher, right? And so therefore, number two, there's no need to fix, save, or advise anyone. Everyone's going on their own journey. And sometimes we just need space to share where we are at in our journey. And the last is that silence is a participant, right? Like, again, just giving room for not knowing. Like, it's okay to not have, there is no right answer in all of this. And I think part of this is just a reminder that, like, why do we practice gratitude at all anyways, right? And I think the sort of self-care answer is that the mind has a biological bias to focus on the negative, right? The sort of amygdala, it's a size of an almond, dates back all the way to dinosaurs and, you know, is it the base of our brain? And, and we have this flight freeze mechanism, that oftentimes we interpret things through. It's the story that we tell ourselves, right? Oh, should I be afraid? Should I run? Should I hide? Should I, what am I freeze? And so gratitude, right, is a practice to disrupt this habit, right? We all have habits, things that we do on autopilot. And gratitude is really an opportunity for us to disrupt that evolutionary bias to sort of look at things through a negative way and, and begin by sort of saying like, what is good, but then also being open to recognizing even more. Beautiful. So while we have Arlene with us, let's practice getting into this space together. And, uh, you know, we're on Zoom together, but maybe, you know, for our listeners, you can imagine doing this around the dinner table or around uh, a meeting space. And we're just going to pause and just open up this time 
with each other, just taking a couple deep breaths to be present here and just remembering the three principles that Omar, you shared. We are our own best inner teacher and guide. There is no need to fix, save, or advise anyone else. And that we are just going to hold space for silence as a participant here too. And so we're each going to have a chance to pick a gratitude blooming card. And Omar, I would love for you to share with me and Arlene how you would like us to pick our gratitude blooming card. Well, you know, sometimes it can be as simple as just picking a random card. And, you know, randomness is a great way to disrupt habit. And so if you're feeling that, that's awesome. If sometimes you want to have an intention, and I love how Bishop T.D. Jakes defines intention. He says, the only difference between planting something and burying something is intention. Only one expects renewal or growth. And so an intention is like, it's like a seed. What do you want to grow? Or even asking a question. And so it's a great way to be a little bit sort of clear on something and then be open to a very unexpected potential response from one of the 39 cards. So I'll leave it to you as to which one you would like to practice in this moment. So do you have a question or intention that you would like to share in this moment? I am thinking about my family, my parents and my sister right now. I'm not able to be with them physically in this next couple of weeks. And so I'm just wondering how can I be the most supportive family member for them right now, you know, even from afar. And, you know, you can do this at home with your own physical card deck where you just lay the cards upside down so you don't see uh, what the card is. And just, again, naming that intention or question and letting, you know, serendipity give you a different way in. So what you have, what card do you pick here, Blinda? Number 28, the agave discovery. How can you transform discomfort into discovery? Can you be grateful for the question even before finding the answer? And so as you look at the art, the theme, the plant, and I'd say lastly, the prompt, what resonates with you as you think about your question about how to support your family from afar? Well, I think the agave, the illustration is it's very prickly. You know, you can kind of feel how hard and edgy that plant is. And so I think for me, it's acknowledging the guilt that I feel that I'm not physically with my family over the holidays and, you know, that I'm spending the time with friends and not my blood family. I think it's probably more than flying to be with them. It's this like expression of my care for them to make sure that they know that even if I can't physically see them and celebrate with them, that I care deeply. And so I'm thinking about how can I do that in the most sincere way? 
And maybe that's what's underlying the, the question, right? Is like, maybe I am not expressing that does that love in the ways that I maybe do more with my friends? You know, how can I say these things to my loved ones, my blood family? So I think it's even just saying, hey, I, I feel really bad that I can't be with you all, you know, like you all lived like right across the street from each other, my sister and my parents. And I feel guilty that I'm not able to fly there to be with you. And, you know, I care deeply about each of you and and here's what I appreciate about you all and what can I do maybe it's not giving support and guessing what that support is but maybe it's even asking them directly like how can I be there for you what a great question how can I be there for you thank you Belinda so Arlene as you get ready to select a card, would you like to go random or would you like to ask a question, set an intention? This is the first time I've um, participated in one of your circles, so it's all very fascinating to me. <laughs> so I was originally going to ask a question, but I just wonder, just for variety, what it's like to just pick a random card. All so maybe right. I'll, I'll go that route. Ooh. Number 33, grapevine growth. What can happen when you dare to step outside your comfort zone? Can you be grateful for those opportunities to grow? And so as you look at your own art, <laughs> <laughs> the plant of the grapevine, the theme of growth, and the prompts, what resonates for you? Well, so I do have a new grapevine growing in the backyard. So immediately, <laughs> that's what I think of is that, you know, the original one that I drew is no longer here. We had to, you know, take it out, but a new one has appeared. So I have to say in the back of my head, I did have this question around how to show up around the holidays. And it's funny because it's very similar to what Belinda was talking about. You know, how do I show up, fully show up for family and loved ones during the holidays? And it is challenging, I think, coming out of pandemic. It's like uh, I've sort of really become a like a hermit, right? So it's almost like I'm not ready to move out of my comfort zone. I have a very nice comfort zone around me that I built during the pandemic, I think, you know, just around solitude. And so this is just a good reminder for me, I think, to just be aware of comfort zone, discomfort zone, you know, maybe when I'm maybe moving too far into discomfort. So it's sort of a nice reminder moving into the holidays to just be aware of, aware of that. Thank you, Arlene. <laughs> One of the other ways that we like to use the card is to allow multiple people to reflect on the same card. And it's just a great way to sort of see that we can look at the exact same thing and have very different responses. And sometimes we need that reminder because it's like, hey, why don't you see it my way, <laughs> right? And it's because we each 
are coming at things from our own experience. And so how do we create room to listen to other people's stories and perspectives that might be very different than ours, even though we are looking at the exact same thing. And so, you know, as I look at this card of growth um, and the grapevine, you know, I just, I think what I'm appreciating right now is a feeling of expansion, even though there's like a lot of contraction happening, right? There's was the contraction of the pandemic. There's a contraction in our economy. Personally, I'm feeling a sort of a sense of exploration and in part, you know, to sort of tie it into these holidays we're we celebrated Thanksgiving dinner early because we're going out of town. We're going to Columbia and it'll be our first trip abroad in three years. And so it's just this excitement. Um, we had to go get, you know, new passports for you know, one of our daughters. And, and so it's, you know, I was like, well, I haven't traveled abroad in a while. I was like, I had to like, what data plan do I even need? You know, like does Uber or Lyft work in another country? And, you know, just it's exciting to sort of have to ask these, it feels like very simple questions, but it, it is about going to that place of discovery, you know, which is, you know, the car that you picked, Belinda, which is like, it can feel uncomfortable, but I'm excited about this kind of discomfort. So I just finished a six-week series with these cards, with the Collective Acceleration community. And it was on week six, like literally in the last 20 minutes. And I was inspired to pull a card with a somatic intention. And so I'm just going to invite us to do that. The card is number 37, Chamomile patience. Some of the most important lessons in life require space and time to grow. What is your relationship with time? How can time be your teacher? And we're looking at three chamomile flowers. I almost look at them as like they're a family because there's a taller one, a medium-sized one, and a smaller one, and they're all kind of leaning in on each other. And so as you Sit with this card. I invite you, Belinda and Arlene and the listeners. Where do you feel the chamomile and the theme of patience in your body? And so as you're breathing in, just doing a body scan from top to bottom. This card, this theme somewhere in your body. This is such a beautiful practice and question, Omar. So I was a little caught off guard with what you meant by a somatic experience, but I just followed your voice and instructions and what I do feel. I felt this in my heart and I really did feel this expansion it's like the expansion that comes with sort of stripping away like our understanding of human time. I feel like that's a really expansive feeling. 
and haven't really thought about it, but I do feel like patience is a little bit like that. It's like you burn away the concept of time and you can just boom, expand. (laughs) It was an interesting experience. (laughs) It's been fun to just be able to explore these cards in all these different ways. And like, you know, after two and a half years of practicing with them and just like literally weeks ago being like, oh, what would happen if I just tried to use these cards in this somatic way of just sort of body awareness and just seeing where the plant or the theme might sit in my body. And and it's just beautiful to hear how each of us had very different sort of senses. And, and I think this is part of, you know, trusting that we have lots of different ways to process information. I was recently reminded of the Jesuit practice of discernment where it's not just about, you know, discernment is sometimes related to decision-making. And, you know, I always felt like I was only, I had pro-con lists or gut instinct. And I always felt like those were limiting my ability to make decisions. I either had to be really rational or just trust my gut and go with something. And what the practice of discernment taught me was, I can use my imagination, I can use memory, I can use my body awareness, I can use a felt sense in nature, I can pray, and then all of a sudden, I can still use my mind and pro-con list, and I can still use instinct. But now instead of two ways of looking at a situation, I have seven ways. And I really then felt like, oh, okay, is there real alignment around these different seven ways that I am experiencing the world. Uh, And I think that that is given to us in all the time is that we have lots of different ways and we don't have to get stuck in one way of perceiving the world. Mm, Well, I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude to be able to do this practice together today. I was feeling a little unsettled this morning and I feel much more in my body now, like much more present in myself uh, and just kind of feeling like a dose of just more inspiration and less uh, worry about what's next, but just more like, oh, here I am. It's all going to be fine. (laughs) Thank you, plants. The healing uh, calm of the chamomile is uh, is, is uh, really, I can really feel that. And so I, I like to close with three breaths. And this first breath, as you reflect on the time we've had together, just what might have been a positive moment for you, and to just savor that positive moment. Maybe it was a memory, maybe it was a feeling... Maybe it was an imagination. Just savor that moment and this next breath. In this second breath, I invite you to bring your awareness to anything that might have been a difficult or charged emotion. And I just invite you to notice and name that charged emotion 
and this next breath. And lastly, what do you want to take with you from this practice? From the seat and, or off the cushion into the world? Well, thank you so much for letting me guide you in today's practice. Thank you to our listeners to, for being a part of the space and appreciate this moment to really kind of re-anchor back into this question of like, why is gratitude important and what does it really mean to live with the spirit of gratitude? So we hope that you find some ways to just tell your story and share it with each other at the round the table um, during the next couple of weeks and for those of you that would like to get your own gratitude blooming card deck or even the new note cards um, you can go to our website at gratitudeblooming.com and we have a 20% off code with bloom 22 cheers <laughs>